Now this is podcasting. We played Star Wars Episode One Racer on Ultra 64. Welcome to Ultra 64. We are just the very last place you want to be to find Nintendo 64 knowledge. The first place, Steve. No, the, the, the first and last. We're the Alpha, the Omega. The, okay. the, the, we're, we're like the one-stop shop for all things Nintendo 64. My name is Steve Gunley. I'm Woody Siskowski. And uh, joining us is the two-headed space alien uh, that is uh, commenting on the pod racing. Uh, we have our two special guests. Please introduce yourself, special guests. Jessica Cartwright, the left head. Yes. <laughs> and right head. And Nicole Vitis. Yes. Which so, one of you is the Greg Proops head? Uh, did you say Greg I don't know Proops? what that means. Greg Proops. <laughs> well, so whose line is it anyway reference? Yeah. Right? He's, he's the one, remember, there's a two-headed alien. One of them just says alien nonsense, and the other one goes, that's right, we're having a great day today. He talks like a cheesy sportscaster. It's hey, like an improv game, right? It's the stupidest line. shit ever. <laughs> Uh, we're talking about Star Wars Episode One Racer, I which we were talking means about Greg Proops. We're we're, we're going to be talking about Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace. So my blood's a little up. Uh, we're my, all a little hyped. My hackles are are going. So I don't know. I'm a little upset, but you love that fucking movie. Uh, like, uh, every time we talk about it. It's like I've, your Super Mario Brothers movie. I, you know what? There's fun, and then there's fun, and uh, this is not fun. Okay. How, how dare you, sir? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I'm not. Fuck that movie. Um, all right, we are here talking about Star Wars Episode One Racer, which is the game based on a scene in Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace. So let's get into this a little bit. So Star Wars Episode One Racer was developed and published by LucasArts, released May 18th, 1999, and it debuted on the N64 and Windows, but it was eventually ported over to the Mac, the Game Boy Color, and the Dreamcast. And the next year, it was put into arcades with a... I, I don't know if you guys ever played this in arcade. It's pretty cool. Like, it's got yeah. the accurate, like, control. The, the two, the lever in each hand. The so levers and everything. Yeah. It's That's fun. a ton better than gear shift car racing that you don't actually have to shift in. Yeah. No, it's it's really fun. So <laughs> There, if, there if was you, really cool Star Wars arcade, Star Wars arcade games. I oh, love man. the one that had the joystick. And Which just was like... One button. It was just called Star Wars Arcade. And it was a lightsaber, and it was handle. a joystick, and it was like a first-person shooter that was awesome. It's one fantastic. Button, one joystick. Yeah. That's like right up my alley. And you would just I play through it. like crucial scenes. You'd do like the Death Star assault, the speeder bike scene, and a lightsaber duel. And it yeah. had three levels. I'm it's great. None of those stayed. We all have just like crappy Deer Hunter Extreme with like yeah, buffaloes and tropical birds. It's true. Yeah. I don't want to shoot a tropical bird. And then a bikini lady comes out with like a, a cheetah print bikini and, and like holds up your high score. Yeah. Those games, that game's actually surprisingly fun. Really? Like the That's Big Buck Hunter told. is one of the better games Maybe at the my, local arcade. Okay. My problem is one. the zombie one's okay. Maybe my problem is that I'm only playing it when I'm drunk. Like if oh. I'm the, if I'm playing that game, it's because I'm in a bar and I'm drunk. Yeah, that's a cause and effect that goes the other way. The direction that you think it's going, I think. I went to a, like it was like a video game party at a nightclub. Mm. Um, it was like a retro video game tournament. And I totally won the duck hunt tournament. Oh, probably nice. because oh, I was the only person who wasn't drinking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is the yeah. level of nerds we are. We go to like the, or at least that I am. I go to the, <laughs> the, the, the yeah, sorry, <laughs> the nightclub video game party, and I'm like, ah, I'm, I, I gotta maintain my mechanical skill in that duck hunt tournament. Nah, this is more important. Yeah, here you go. You can have this trophy. 
enjoy oh, that. Oh, wow, a Duck Hunt amiibo. What's the <laughs> name of the dog from Duck Hunt? I don't think he ever has a name. In in Smash Brothers, they just call him Duck Hunt. Oh, that's right. That's uh, right. Yeah, Aww. so anyway, it's cute. cute. Um, I'm excited to talk about LucasArts a little bit. Okay, LucasArts is one of my very favorite video game publishers ever. Like, they are classic. So they were founded in 1982 by George Lucas, who, you know, say what you will about the guy, but he was pretty forward-thinking when it came to technology and stuff like that. So he was kind of up front of video game licensing. As a result, he founded his own company, and so he held on to the rights for every Star Wars and Indiana Jones game that came out after that. And they produce a million pretty, I mean, well, they all vary, of course, but, like, there's a lot of really good Star Wars games out there, like classic Star Wars games. Yeah, I think Star Wars is probably the video game, pro- like, of all the video games that have been based on existing properties, I think Star Wars has had the best batting average. It does, of, yeah. Like, quality game. I'm so pissed that I missed this because pod racing, and that's what I will call it, because I cannot yeah. for the life of me remember the real name of this it's, game. It's cumbersome, yeah. Star Wars Episode One Racer. Of Latter-day Saints. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, this was the only Star Wars game I've ever played. So I'm basing all of my Star Wars gaming knowledge on this game. So how does this game hold up compared to the rest of the Star Wars games? Middle of the pack, I'd say. It's different. One thing that I appreciated about their Star Wars games is they would do it in a bunch of different directions. There was like a platform. There's a bunch of platformers for Super Nintendo. The Mm -hmm. N64 has three Star Wars games. Oh, Battle for Naboo. Yeah. Um... One of them is, the like, you fly that? around in an X-Wing and shoot stuff, Rogue Squadron, so it's, like, a space oh, combat okay. game. There are a lot of oh, those. Oh, I think I saw my friends play There's that. There's a 3D kind of adventure adventure game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's first-person shooters. Like, there's a... Uh, not on not on no. N64, but they did... Uh, uh, what was it? Dark, Dark Forces. Dark Forces. Which is actually say, a very innovative first-person shooter. That's a like, great by one. By any standard, not just as a licensed game. I mean, Rogue Squadron is legitimately good. I, I would say my very favorite Star Wars game is Knights of the Old Republic. I think that most people would agree with it's you. The, I think that's just cream of the crop. I think that's just and the that's best And that's a role-playing game. Oh, so, so you that's get like to make whole, more decisions. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a story-based game. You guys both lean towards that. The more decisions you can make, the better it seems yeah. to be. I'm kind like of a games. fan of. I really like the Super Star Wars games. Well, I like those a lot. And those, those are, are just really straight good. Up action games. Nicole, oh, okay. you look like you want to say something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've never played any of those. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm going off of like what are the, the bad? I feel like it, it's out. faster to list the bad ones. Okay, there was a fighting game called Masters of Terrace Kasi. Gonna say that's a really bad one for PlayStation One. And there's like a pretty mediocre PS2 game uh, based on Boba Fett. Uh, that seems unlikely to succeed from the get-go. Yeah. What are you talking about? That seems like a slam dunk. I feel like that <laughs> would be, yeah, but uh, it was to not. two people. I feel <laughs> like you are vastly underestimating the amount of Boba Fett fandom floating around. Yeah, you know, it tracks. Uh, it tracks that I would underestimate. Which is really weird. I would say Boba Fett is like top three most popular Star Wars characters. I will. And I still, I don't understand that because that. he's kind of useless. Like he, okay, he traps Han and Carbonite. And then in the next uh, movie, he gets hit by mistake. His jetpack explodes and he falls into a monster's mouth. That's how all the good That's ones all he does. Yep. That's um, how James Dean went out, yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Um, Only the good, man. No, I think that we're just mostly forgetting what the bad Star Wars games are because yeah. they tend to be forgettable. But I, there, I think there's probably a lot of, like, I remember playing a weird one for PC where you, like, built droids mm. and just kind of walked around it's with them. It's an engineer's them. paradise. Um, and I think maybe I got it from a cereal box or something. Um, that seems but, like... Yeah. Oh, you know what? I just remember what the worst one is. Bombad Racing. 
that's it's a it's a cart game. It's a cart racing game with big head Jar Jar Binks, and uh, it's real bad. <laughs> what, what was it? Racing. Yeah, it's like Mario Kart. Kart, like Mario Kart yeah. style, like very cartoonish and very goofy. But it's called Star Wars Bombad Racing. What was that from? That was PS2, I believe. It's real bad, real bad. Anyway, we got way off track. Uh, I think that's pretty on track. Well, it's Steve. fairly on track. Well, but I relative to how off track we usually it's get. True. It's true. That's I don't I don't care super much, but you know. Uh, the Lucasfilm, or LucasArts we were talking about. And yeah, so besides the Star Wars and Indiana Jones games, they made some of the best old school point and click adventure games of all time. I'm talking Monkey Island, Maniac Mansion, Full Throttle, uh, Grim Fandango, Sam and Max, all these amazing games that I just always ate up like as a kid because I loved the weird sideways logic it requires for everything. If if you want to solve this puzzle, you need to combine this squirrel and this duct tape and then show it to the parrot and then you can advance. Like it's That does explain these maps though. It really does. It's completely backwards and really ridiculous. Uh and they were always just a lot of fun. And a lot of those are classics. Yeah, they're funny. They're well written games. They are, yeah, they're very clever. Uh, so sadly, uh, Disney acquired Lucasfilm in 2012, and uh, they've—I think honestly—I think they've done pretty okay by Star Wars so far. But I am bummed that they shut down LucasArts video game development. Um, it's yeah, they're not making games anymore. Oh. All of their Star Wars games are going through EA now. Okay. Uh, so pretty much so far, they've only produced Battlefront one and two, which have been received fairly poorly. Because they're well, price gouging you. Yeah. The new the new Battlefront. The new Battlefront. Battlefront one and two, I believe, are LucasArts. Games? Those are LucasArts and EA. So they, oh, okay. they, they were that was a combination. But uh, this one these ones are just EA. And I think a lot of the controversy is just I didn't play these, but a lot of the controversy is just that like you pay sixty dollars for the game and then you have to keep paying to, to unlock, unlock new stuff characters. Or you can or you can like play so many battles to get experience points, but I think it's like it would be like 1,800 hours to get enough to unlock Darth Vader right. or something like that. Or you can just buy him. It's, it's like uh, it's, it's kind of oh. like a Clash of Clans style free-to-play <laughs> model, cost $60. but it costs $60. So they were just waiting yeah. until their market got old enough to get a paycheck so they could yes. reap the paycheck yeah. directly instead of through the parents. But luckily, I mean, okay. fans have not been happy about this. And I think they yeah, finally like modified not. it all. And like So they're not doing that payment plan anymore. But still, LucasArts... Um, it's technically still around, but uh, according to the research I did, there are fewer than 10 employees there now, and they Damn. only work as video game licensors. Uh, okay. So they just maintain the license. So that's that's a real bummer. And that the, the acquisition kind of also took a big chunk out of Industrial Light and Magic, which is George Lucas's uh, special effects company. So a lot of people lost their jobs at that. But anyway, uh, you can still find all these old LucasArts adventure games uh, because Double Fine... Uh, acquired them and have been remastering and re-releasing them on PS4 and everything. So oh, you can cool. find all these. They're they're all being remade and uh, uh, done in HD, and they're really great. That'd be a great party because there's so many of them. You could just have a couple going on at any given time. Oh yeah, it's really nostalgic. Somebody yelling in the other room. How do you get past this hard monkey island? <laughs> or just fuck the wall. God I don't know. damn it! <laughs> over and over again, as we did. Okay, I, I'm 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 gonna pull this band aid and talk about Phantom Menace. All right. Uh, so, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. It came out May 16th, 1999. So just two days before this game. Uh, oh, wow. And it was it was for me as a kid. I think I was like 15 when this came out, and. It was a cultural phenomenon like I'd never encountered in my lifetime because I think I was born after Jedi was released. So this is the first Star Wars movie that was coming out in theaters in my lifetime. Uh, Me and my sister were 
absolutely obsessed with anything we could get our hands on, any kind of little snippet of information about Phantom Menace. We collected all of the uh, Pepsi cans, like the collectible Pepsi cans with all the characters on them. I had action figures. We had magazines. McDonald's like, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. We collected all of those. Oh, we had everything. And, and then the movie comes out. Like, people were camping out for weeks, weeks at a time, three, four weeks at a time, camping out outside of theaters in tents with, like, their little bags of poop, I imagine. <laughs> I don't know where they I'm were sure pooping. I'm sure the movie theater set up an outhouse. I would hope so. This is was... your inadvertent confession, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just pooped a little bit. Please, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, people waited in line, and then this comes out, and it's just a massive fuck you to everybody. It's such a bad, bad movie. It's it's like juvenile and it's poorly written and poorly acted and like it's got all this really oh. bombastic CGI that has aged incredibly poorly and it's just a wet fart of a movie like it's horrible. <laughs> it is it is really bad. Like obviously there's a lot of like there's definitely a level of disappointment with the amount of hype that like this movie was involved yeah, with that yeah. like it probably wasn't going to live up to no matter what. Oh yeah. But like I had a roommate who's like, I want to rewatch all the Star Wars movies in preparation for when The Force Awakens comes out. Uh-huh. And so I, I walked out, and he was in my room, and he was watching him on the TV. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch this for like for a little bit. And then yeah. I had to get up and leave like <laughs> 10 minutes because I'm like, oh, man, so I much. forgot how bad these movies are. Like, And you think it's exaggerated. You think it's like, oh, there's no way. It's a Star Wars movie. There's no way it could be this bad. No, it's really this bad. I would say it's... In many ways, it's almost worse than... It's worse than you remember, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, IMDb, this movie's like a six and a half, which is very generous. Yeah, this is another one that uh, we talked about, Roger Ebert getting things wrong. This is one, he gave a three and a half star rating. I think he was kind of wowed by the visuals at the time, but uh, they've aged incredibly poorly. Uh, And then there's just all the completely tone-deaf, like, racial caricatures that are in there. Uh, They kind of dropped those in the... The second and third prequel, I feel like they were not they, as big of a thing. I think they, they definitely uh, listened to the complaints about Jar Jar Binks, so he's barely in episode two and three. But he is. I can think of these three characters in Phantom Menace that are horrible racial stereotypes. There's Jar Jar Binks, yes. there's Watto, uh-huh. the, the sort of traitor at the, who owns Anakin. Yeah. Um, with and, a very large snout nose. Right. Um, and then there's the two. Uh, boy. The Viceroys. The, the boss. The, Boss oh, Mass, oh, that's that one. No, no the Viceroys. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they like talk in the kind of. They have like the slanty eyes, and they talk in the Asian yes. stereotype voices. Like it's ridiculous. Like, and nobody fact checked. This is what happens when like George Lucas, with thirty years of uh, you know people not ch- saying no to him. You know, this is what happens, and nobody checked this script, and nobody did anything. Oh. So it's real bad. But I think most people will agree there are two things that you can salvage from this movie. I think, uh, I still think the climactic lightsaber battle with Darth Maul is pretty good. It's it's well orchestrated, it's well choreographed. You have uh, Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor fighting against this scary looking dude with a double lightsaber. It's pretty cool. And uh, the pod racing scene. Yeah, um, I think that kind of saved the movie, honestly, yeah. the pod racing scene. And then the people who made it to the end of the movie got the bonus round of the Darth Maul scene. Yeah, yeah. But I really do think the pod racing carried it through, just because I think the idea of it is kind of romantic. 
where like it's getting outside of the crappy plot line and it's something you can grasp like okay yeah. this is a race I know what to expect there's a structure gonna... to it it's exciting it's well orchestrated there's not too much racism I think I can <laughs> handle it yeah it's the minimal yeah. racism the focus is on the the plot line and it's a metaphor for Anakin eventually right. so and like you know thematically this doesn't come up in the game at all but thematically it's Anakin trying to win this race so he can win enough money to buy his freedom from Watto the 1940s Nazi propaganda <laughs> image. Uh, he really is that bad. <clears throat> so I think it was wise of them, of the developers of this game, to hone in on this one sequence. Yes. Like they knew this was going to be a standout sequence and they just built their whole game around it. And it's like, I don't it know, it's kind of... on its own. It's kind of a charming idea to me. It's like, it reminds me of like uh, the, the old Atari Empire Strikes Back game, which was just the scene on Hoth. You know, and that's all you do, Stay and that's with something good. And don't you find? Yeah, it's it's uh, what's the word? Synecdoche. It's like finding one element of something and then uh, using that as a representation of the entire thing. So it's been vocabulary building with Steve. Man, I learned that word years ago, and I'm just, I look oh, for every you. opportunity. Thank to you. Thank you. I learned it in. about four seconds ago. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad you learned it years Enjoy prior it. to this moment. So. Let's. I, I wanted to ask you guys about this. Like, so this is a game. The entire premise of the game was built on one individual scene in one otherwise pretty crappy movie. So, if you guys were to do the same, if you were to isolate one scene from one movie and just build an entire video game around it, what would that game be? What would you choose? Uh, let's say Jessica go first. Okay. So she I've always eager. been. Well, I, it's been on my mind since I first thought of the possibility of this happening and it's been kind of a half nightmare and half dream ever since and the whole idea of the turin test and how it was turned into deus ex machina was really really fascinating to me and it started back when i read isaac asimov when i Mm. was like an early teen and like irobot going into actually reading irobot after that because i kind of went out of order and then like reading the Caves of Dawn series and all of the little mini ones that are in between. Yeah. It got me thinking of the World of Warcraft style gaming platform that's so popular now. And like what if there was a game where it was a nonstop turn test? Interesting. You mean, like half the characters in the MMO are just AI you're... and half are real people and you don't yeah. your job is to figure out who's who. Well not only to figure out So that's out kinda who's like who, the Void Conf test in Blade Runner. Well, it has a bigger purpose than that because the whole reason behind Deus Ex Machina being a movie isn't the fact that it's a Turin test. It's the fact that the Turin test matters. Well, are you talking about the movie? You're talking about the movie Ex Machina, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I okay. got it oh, wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. I was I just referring to the theatrical <laughs> thing where like God comes in and saves everybody. <laughs> oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got them confused and uh, yeah. scrambled. No, but... that's totally fine. I'm just yeah, making yeah, yeah, sure yeah. I yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's. But cool. you're talking about the one with Alicia Vikander, where she's the cyborg lady. Yes. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that dancing sequence sold me. That oh, Oscar Isaac dance. I wanted to be a whole DDR version of just Oscar Isaac dancing in that scene <laughs> oh god <laughs> maybe i'm confusing it with a different movie it was like the ballet sequence on the rooftop oh i don't know i'll bet you maybe that's they're... a whole different movie because i do that i'll cut and paste okay uh, <laughs> but the uh, idea of it being important for a reason where not only is it a test but it's something that comments on why we constantly need to have the test and what makes it this question mark that's always on people's minds like am i interacting with my real world and it's kind of like the more you think about your interaction with the real world you start thinking about your interaction with yourself 
Interesting. Yeah, it, it just you got went me way thinking. deeper into this than yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah, mine's not this deep. Yeah, it's, well, it's kind of like the nightmarish side, where like, what if you lost track of your communication with yourself, or like, what mm. if you lost the ability to communicate your humanity? And I think that's the underlying fear of the Turing test: is that no one will be able to identify what is human in other people or themselves. This game is gonna be crazy. <laughs> Let's hopefully never have it. I feel like World of Warcraft is already testing people, and you have like government AI bots. Well, yeah, I mean to... there, that's that's a thing that exists. Like yeah. you can hire people, run programs to basically play an MMO for you. Yeah. So we'll just farm gold and quests, and so you could oh, be yeah. running around and you're just basically playing with a bot. Yeah, yeah. And you can like source personalities globally by having these like AI bots just constantly test the mass market of people playing these uh, like collective games. I don't know. The idea was really interesting to me. I'm into it. I'm into it. Okay, so we have Ex Machina Turing test sequence. Woody, what do you got? Well, I have three because this game is only two player. <laughs> okay, and I had you to had think some of thoughts. something okay. while you guys were playing. The courses <laughs> were long, so I'm gonna go through them quick. Okay. The first one is in the movie Old Boy. When um, he sort of breaks into this hallway and he's planning his attack and it sort of plays out like it shows he's holding up this hammer and it shows like he's going to push the, it's like this dotted line comes down to like this guy's head and he's like planning, so he's going to hammer to the head and then throw it at this other guy. So I want to see like a like a game based on that where you have to basically, it's not an action game, you basically plan each limb what they're going to do and then you just hit go it's like a puzzle game, and oh, you so have to solve my way through this fight. I love this, okay, because this makes me think of, like, uh, Quop or uh, uh, Getting Over It, you know, this kind of, like, intentionally okay. frustrating games. Because that scene in that movie, it's, like, it's not, like, elegant and organized. It's very sloppy, and he's just charging through them with a hammer, and, like, he's getting hurt, and they're getting hurt, and it's, like, it's not elegant or, like, movie-like at all. So you could do that. Yeah, and so have, be, like, like, a physics-based yeah, puzzle, yeah, yeah. I guess. I so, love like, that. Okay, um, that's way better than I went. The other one, um, the other one I thought of was Space Mutiny, um, oh. the, the great bad movie from uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Yes. Oh. There's a scene where they're all driving around in kind of these like golf carts, okay. like these sort of space futuristic golf carts that kind of look like they're going around a mall parking lot. And I feel like it's supposed to have a sense of speed, but they're just going so slow. Oh. I, just, I would, I would love to see something like that, uh, based on that. And then the third one, um, I want to see uh, like a wave race type of game mm. where you drive around on Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, it's called the Daniel Radcliffe Fart Racer. I love it. I love it. No one will remember wow. that title. Oh, and there's just a picture of Daniel Radcliffe's corpse on the front. That got a little dark. Wow. Have you it. seen that movie? No. It's a, it's a real movie. movie. Yes. It's about Man, Paul Dano you riding around on it. Have you seen these movies? I, that the was the first time no. that was the first time I asked that. And that movie's good. It has Paul Dano drives around on Daniel Radcliffe's corpse. I don't know. Right? Yes. It's that a real movie. I haven't seen it yet either. I, I'm get, we'll, agreeing with this. Yeah. We'll get to it. But <laughs> I, I like the premise a lot. Yeah. Alright, Nicole, what do you got? Okay. He is just to fake it, Jessica. I'm not gonna comment. <laughs> I'm gonna title of the sex tape. God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> Steve will comment. He's not above oh it. Oh my god! I have no class. Okay, Nicole. Okay, what's, what's yours? So, when I was thinking about this, I just kind of got stuck on one idea, which is not nearly as deep or as 
interesting <laughs> as the rest of these. But um, so the scene in Dumbo where he gets drunk. Oh, that scene is like shit. insane and like the pink if, elephant scene. Yeah, yeah. If it was it's kind of like a, I was thinking kind of like a Donkey Kong kind of game with like all of that weird stuff happening in there. That's awesome. That's like dream logic to the max. Everyone's yeah. got that hidden dream logic trigger that like they're obsessed with it. I feel like that bit. would absolutely yeah. be like an old school arcade game, like a bubble. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's yeah. like Bubble Bobble, basically. Yeah. yeah. I would play that drunk. That's great. I love <laughs> I that. I might play that sober. <laughs> yeah. So that's my idea. I love it. Okay, I've, I've got one real idea and one sarcastic idea. The real idea is uh, the Triwizard Tournament from Harry Potter 4. Oh. Uh, I think you can just make a whole game out of just that section because you have dragon fighting and then you have crazy fish rescue or whatever happened in that part and then you crazy have... Uh, <laughs> They turn into a fish. Rescue from mermaids, okay, and then man, you have like a, like a labyrinth that, game, please. and then I figure you can structure it kind of like the the most recent Friday the Thirteenth game, where you have it's like an online game, and you have two teams like battling against each other. You know, it, it would it would probably be canonically different. So Harry Potter fans, don't at me. But you know, so it would be canonically different. Does that game not exist? Like, wasn't there a game based on the Gauntlet of Fire, Goblet of Fire? I think there is, but it's like, it's not a whole game of just that. Okay. It's like a platformer game, you know, or like an adventure game uh, that goes through the whole plot of the movie, not just that. I feel I feel like it would just be focused on this. And yeah. my sarcastic answer is the movie Swordfish. Does anybody remember Swordfish? Okay, nobody does. I only know it as. <laughs> A movie where Halle Berry was topless. Yes. And a movie that has well-regarded, terrible hacking scenes. This is one of the scenes I'm talking about. Okay, there's a scene in this movie where Hugh Jackman, who plays the uh, the super hacker in this, uh, is being held captive by John Travolta, who's the evil hacker. And uh, he wants to prove he wants Hugh Jackman to prove his skills. So they set him in front of a computer. They give him like 90 seconds to hack into this thing. There's a guy behind him holding a gun to his head. He's going to kill him if he doesn't do it. And then to make it extra worse, he gets a prostitute to start giving him oral sex underneath the table. I want to play that game. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I think that'd be a good VR game. Imagine the control system, it would be a joystick and an inverse joystick, and that's it. It'd be like the the threesome simulators in God of War, you know, just rotate stick, press X, rotate stick, press X. Okay. Anyway. There's a what now? Never mind. We'll get into that another day. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys for playing that. That was very... That was a productive... Generous use of the word simulator. (laughs) Basically, you're making a vase jiggle. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I just missed something. Don't worry about it. We'll go into it later. We'll go into it later. Uh, All right. Thank you guys for playing that. That was fun. Those are all really good ideas, except for mine. But (laughs) I like like those ideas a lot. All right. Let's get back to Racer, because we got way off track, but I I love getting off track. I actually liked playing this game. Like, once I figured out what I like to pick with a car and what I like to pick with a map, it was actually a really enjoyable game, and it wasn't distracting at all. I could actually get into the spirit of racing instead of being yelled at by a bunch of characters. Well, this this is one where, uh, I don't know, so this is the game I had growing up. Like, this is one of the handful of games I had. And yeah, I think I came here. away from this playthrough liking it less than I used to. I was really surprised that, A, this won the listener poll yeah. for our 25th episode. <laughs> Not to say that, like, there was a zillion people who voted or anything, but also 
to talk to talk to other people around. I'm like, they're like, what episode are you doing next? I say, oh, we're doing the episode one racer game. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that game. That game's awesome. And I didn't know that this game had such a foundation of people who liked it. It's huge. And it's like very well regarded amongst Star Wars games. I was looking up like the best Star Wars games. And this game is consistently like in the top five of them this is uh it's it's one of the top selling games on the system but it's, it was yeah, the 13th, I didn't know that. 13th highest grossing game on the system 3.1 million copies I have no attachment to this game it's one of only five games to come bundled with a console which i think helped the sales a sure. lot and uh it has a guinness world record that. this is kind of a really ridiculous record but for best-selling futuristic racer which is so niche. I hate those Guinness vi- there's those video game They're Guinness so books that they just make up records it has so a little like, bit of context because you could say it sold better than F-Zero which was a big wipeout success and, and wipe Extreme G it sold better than Extreme G, G. Yes. we make the category so niche that there's like yeah. one and a half contestants there's exactly. not even a best game contestant. involving portals you know yeah. Yeah. Portal. it goes Perhaps to portal portal yeah <laughs> um I'm sure that's a real thing in that book. It's best game involving portals. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't doubt it at all. Oh. Um, So, okay, this was a little bit of background. This was made by the same developers as Shadows of the Empire, which is the first Star Wars game to come out on the system. Uh, They kind of went from that game immediately into this one. And it was made two years in advance of the movie. So all they had to go on for this entire game was just like something like two minutes of pod racing footage. Uh, and they just they built the whole game around that, and they did a pretty good job actually. Like the I'm physics glad feel, they did. They focused in on what actually was successful. Yeah, well, it, it feels like it looks in the game. The first track, especially the Tatooine track, looks exactly well, like that's the, one in the, the movie. only track that you see in the movie. Yeah, there's this this one has like creates this idea that there's this whole pod racing league, which goes to a bunch of different planets around the galaxy, which I don't think is an actually true to the Star Wars mythos. I don't know. I don't think so. I have the, only on Tatooine. I have the title but. crawl here if you guys want to hear the uh, the intro to this. Of course. Uh, all right, let's see. For generations, the galactic pod <laughs> racing circuit has thrilled oh. citizens of the oh. Outer Rim territories yeah, with its fast and dangerous contest of popular and turbine of, oh, repulsor. I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> you said this was going to happen. Repulsor and turbine-driven <laughs> land vehicles. And the ruffian and racer... Among the ruffian and racer's elite, one champion stands above the rest. His name is Sabulba, a cunning and ruthless pilot who has wins by any means necessary. To challenge him, all the best pod racing pilots gather on the desert planet Tatooine for the legendary Bunta Classic, determined to claim the title of the fastest pod racer in the galaxy. Wait, so is that from the movie, or is that from... That's from this. That's, there's okay. a title crawl that we so didn't I'm look at. So I'm still suspicious that it's not actually in the Star Wars canon. They don't actually it go to other planets. It makes more sense that I it's wonder if this still is. because there's... They're going to source their parts intergalactically, so why wouldn't you profit intergalactically from that same This is like Space NASCAR. Industry. So I think it's just yeah. kind of popular in, like, the Hick planets. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's probably a lesser circuit and then, like, an actual Tatooine... Fi- like, it's the reverse of the game, where yeah, ta- yeah. you start on Tatooine in the game, but I feel like in the movie you end on Tatooine, and that is the ultimate. Yeah. So are they going to bring back... How come none of the other movies have pod racing in it? And I I wonder, because, you know, Disney kind of scrubbed all their extended universe stuff, but this one's tied directly to the first movie, which has not been scrubbed. That's still technically canon. (laughs) So I think technically this is still all part of it. Yeah. 
I'm just surprised because it is a beloved scene from the well, movie. It seems it like they would bring it back. Unsuccessful or movie or such a hated. Okay, and just to be clear, it was not an unsuccessful. Well, movie. Wildly successful, yeah. 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 But uh, I'm wondering if they're afraid that they're going to get linked on with other aspects that were less desirable. Okay. Yeah. Don't so don't re- like, keep references to, to the prequel you. to a minimum. Yeah, they're trying. I, to I will to say I, I didn't have the dedication to watch the entire movie again for this, but I did watch the uh, the pod racing scene on it's all on YouTube and. Uh, that's where you got the flamethrower obsession. No, it didn't happen in the movie. I'm telling you, it was a thing that happens in the game, and it happened, and we proved that it happened, and why are you still fighting me on this? Oh, I think I got vastly confused. <laughs> also, it's not a flamethrower. It's a vent. It's shooting flames. It's throwing flames, one might say. It is venting flames from an engine. All right, Um. so <laughs> this game um, takes an interesting direction. It's essentially, I would say, almost a simulation racing game. Kind of. Of yeah. a, um, you Fictional know, a, Thing. A fictional thing. Yeah. It's not. It's not very arcadey. No. Um, it, in the sense that, like, yeah, in between the races, the controls can be pretty, pretty unforgiving. Um, you oh can bounce God. off one side to the other. Um, Unless you slow it down. Like yeah. once me and Nicole got the slower pods, then it was fine. We could actually control it. Yeah, um, but it just, just doesn't. There's no weapons no. in this game. <laughs> um, Except the flamethrower <laughs> that Sabalba has. <laughs> Anyway. Um, I don't have a and there's like your your car takes aspect. damage and you have to sort of repair it by using these droids. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's good or bad. I'm just saying it's important. Like it's not like Mario Kart. It's no, not no, no, in no, that no, same no. camp at all. It, it would and that's be. What I like. It would be closer to like Gran Turismo or like a NASCAR game or something like that. Like yeah. it's it's a realistic take on a thing that isn't real. Exactly. So it's mm-hmm. it's an interesting way of going about it. Uh, it's not always successful, and I think there's just a high frustration level with it. Uh, <laughs> because, all right, well, let's let's get into a little bit of, like, uh, all, the crux of this game is in customization. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of customization options for all of your vehicles, mm-hmm. uh, and too much so to a degree. Like, you get to go to a couple different places. You get to go to, like, a store where you talk to Watto and buy stuff from him, and you get to go to a junkyard where you talk to Watto and See, buy stuff from him. I'd, I'd argue that it's too much, because I feel like this game had the long game in mind. It didn't have, like, the short-term immediate gratification in mm. mind. It was, like, for people who really had one game to last four years, and but, it takes that long no, to build a No, that's true, because I feel like you want to... It starts going... The draw distance of this game is pretty bad, like mm-hmm. meaning it's hard to see stuff in front of you until it's really close to you. So it can yeah. be hard to play, Particularly turn, true especially in two-player. In two player, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll, I think to get better at this game, you essentially need to memorize the courses. Mm-hmm. And so I think that sort of fits with what Jessica is saying. Is like yeah. you you want to you just there's a lot of courses in this game. There's there are like, a lot. Twenty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that across eight planets, and there's twenty three characters. They're pretty long levels. Um, so it definitely has a lot of. Um, are you mocking me? Of course I know that. I looked it up. I know. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> What do you think we do here? We're not fucking around. <laughs> you watch all the movies beforehand. That's the only thing you did not do. In no, <laughs> I have my limits. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, they're long levels. There's lots of levels. So you, and you just need to kind of memorize them because it's unforgettable. Like we well, didn't get better than tenth no, by the second level. No, no, no. Maps too. I mean, the maps are intuitive in a way that's very like you can kind of guess that there's some shortcuts, but at the same time, I've never felt outsmarted by a map more so than in pod racing. I yeah. feel like your quantity of praise that you are lavishing on right now does not match the noises you were making during the actual <laughs> playing of this game, Anything which was... Oh, fuck! God damn it! <laughs> 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 
That is true. I feel like the I may have matched the characters' like exclamations and then doubled it with the amount of like invested sounds I was making. But it, it really draws you in. It draws you in because it's so, quote-unquote, believable. I kept thinking, like, this in real life would be, and then I realized that pod racing was not real life. And I kept on, like, <laughs> jumping back and being like, oh, this is just a... If, if you want to make a corollary, NASCAR. this is very, uh, very sincerely drawn from Ben-Hur, like the 1959, yeah. the chariot race scene in Ben-Hur, which is why the pods have, like, reins on them. It's supposed to look like well, the reins they have giant the engines in the front that pull the pod forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've always wondered about that, because that just seems like such a terrible model. All the rest of the Star Wars space crafts are very... Like and I think the, the designs not, the designs no. work for me. First of all, yeah, because they're referencing the the horse drawn chariots that and Ben Hur, and also because now. they look kind of sloppy and kind of junky. Like because they are like this is like a lower class sport. This isn't something like yeah. this isn't like F one racing. This right. is like stock cars. The whole game didn't seem very elitist. It seemed very appealing to just this practicality that I really associate with. I yeah. hate games that are just over the top just for the sake of being over the top. Yeah. No, and this one's pretty straightforward, and there's not really a lot of options or anything for gameplay modes, really. It's one-player, two-player, free-play. Hopefully you like this style of game, because there is no other option for playing this game. Yeah. Um, and I, I think there's a bit of a risk and reward thing with the repair system, you know, so you're, you're oh, yeah. riding along, and if your engines, you get a little meter showing how much damage your engines are taking, and uh, if you choose to repair them by pressing and holding the R button, it's going to be a little slow process. And it, it cuts your speed in half, basically. And it's very, yeah. very easy to lose your position. But or it's also... off the map on a jump. So, mm. do you think it's actually faster to just have your entire thing blow up and to have it repair automatically? crash? I wonder, than, Because it seems faster. You regenerate much faster than you would in, like, a Mario Kart. Yeah. Like, where you're getting fished out of the water. I would say we tested that on ours. Because I <laughs> yeah. kept my pod alive for almost the entire last laps. And then I'd laps. start catching up right after I died. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you pretty much crashed every, maybe... 15 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, the end result oh, was still quite close. You were it, at a one, about were one second. You one second, but you did beat me, and you were ahead of me for most of that time. So I think, yeah, that that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Like, I think it might just be faster to just die in a fiery inferno and then regenerate. <laughs> than to repair your... By the way, having, having watched the, uh, having watched the, yeah. the pod race scene today, Sebulba is 100% like the main villain of the Star Wars uh, prequel like he yeah. kills way more people than Darth Maul does or anybody else in this movie until Anakin starts slaughtering younglings in the next couple of movies but Gosh. I mean he's he's straight up murdering people and then like he just gets kind of like a wacky comeuppance like his his engine breaks and he falls in the dirt and then he says ah oh, poodoo <laughs> like and he hits the side of his thing I'm like this is not arrest this man <laughs> Slap some handcuffs on his feet hands. I love how you were scandalized by the character of Sebulba just from the game, though. He's such a dick, and, and it's fitting that his his vehicle is the only one that gets, like, any kind of weapon at all. I mean, you can debate whether or not it's an effective weapon, but he, he's... Everybody else, if you double-tap the R button, they come up with, like, a slur. You know, Anakin's the only one well, where you can understand it. A childish cry. Yeah, and everything else is just, like, you know... Noises, but uh, Sebulba. The same noises I make when I play this game. <laughs> grunts and squeaks. But Sebulba actually shoots like jets of flame out of the side of his vehicle, like that can damage you, or at least make your guy shriek. So I don't know. Yeah. I think that's appropriate. Anyway, that's a Star Wars tangent. 
This whole thing's a Star Wars game. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a Star Wars game. game. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of a rabbit hole you go down. It is. I'm sorry. Well, no, not you personally. I mean, like, when you play this game, you either go into the rabbit hole and you're in this game for three years and you finally come out with something that beats Sebulba's freakish acceleration and speed, or you give up after, like, two hours. It's probably but one I, of the I also feel like the customization, like, powering up your pod racer too much is detrimental. Like, because we, we were hitting a couple oh, of yeah. areas where you do a jump and you're supposed to land in a narrow pipe. Uh, yeah. And if your vehicle is too souped up and accelerates too fast or, does, or turns too quickly, then you're going to go right over it and into space. Well, there's a certain culture around games that demand more skill and more preciseness from the players that has this gravity around it. I believe what Jessica is telling you is to get good. <laughs> get good or Stop get gone. Stop whining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's not the vehicle's fault. There's, there's the potential to be very skillful, and I, I think even though I'm not able to meet that skill demand, it's, it has a certain gravitas. Like it gravitas, me in. okay. This is the Morgan Freeman of games. <laughs> I literally changed the word gravity just a tiny bit. No. <laughs> But still. Yeah, no, it's I, I can understand it. If, if there are people out there who are very skilled at this, I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to hear like to me. I just I, how long did it take? I wonder where the line is between like kind of loosey goosey design and between like, all right, am I just bad at this game? Well, That's the thing. I think this yeah. game is hard. Yeah. But I also think that it's boring. So like I'm not going to put the amount of effort in to like try and get better because that's i don't like this game very much i think that um it just it feels there's too many times where you're just kind of driving and there's no other cars around and you're just going through this sort of close to back and forth (laughs) and it's just not i don't find it very exciting well it's also the the courses i think are too big for their own good yeah Uh, they they took a long time yeah they're they're like 10 minutes to do like three rounds like it it took us a while kind of slow though yeah i mean mean, we we all are we're crappy at this game yeah it's been it's been a while still yeah it's still and and yeah and there it it chugs really badly when you're getting into two-player mode like when it's just the two of you on the field lack of sight was killing yeah the draw distance i would say this game is borderline unplayable at, at, at two players. I mean, like... I don't know how I you played can, it on two players. You can play it, you just screen. have to, like, give yes. up any kind of semblance of, of control or any kind of <laughs> semblance of strategy, you I know? I had no semblance of control. You did so not. I really noticed that, like, That's true. that I played differently between two players and one player. You were going the wrong player. way for so long, and you were just shouting, you're like, I'm going the wrong way! Well, I couldn't turn around. She's, they wouldn't let me. She's the, exactly the same way at the grocery store. Like, she gets the car and she's like blowing it up against the <laughs> ho hos and it was the gas right. station conundrum. I have never played this game before today, <laughs> so we're like it has the picture of the card with the stripe, and you're not yeah. sure what perspective it's from. The green arrow on this game had the exact same effect, where you can't tell if it's pointing behind you or in front of you, depending it on did. your perspective. There were two different times when I was going the wrong way in two different levels, and. One of them I just couldn't turn around. The other one I couldn't tell what direction the arrow was telling me to go. Yeah, yeah we just kind of launched thing. out over the ocean. Yeah, and yeah. You you go I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I did too. Well, I was like, because yeah, it, it seemed to be where the road was taking us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had to the ocean. Yeah. No, it made sense. You, there was no reason to think like, okay, make a sharp right here across this big sparse beach. Also, yeah. that's where the trail is. If our thing hovers anyway, who cares what surface we're over? You can fly over lava later. Yeah, that's no problem. That's cool. Land. God, All right, so I, I, I have a few more comments about this. I feel like 
uh, the character names in this are particularly lazy. Like, I, I, I appreciate that they went into, like, a lot of these characters you see in this, you see in the movie. They get names in the movie. Uh, but I feel like this is just, like, George Lucas looking around the room and, like, <laughs> trying to come up with names. So, like, Dud Bolt is one. Toy Dampner. Uh, Ebby Endicott. Gas Gano. So I think he's just looking at gas cans from oregano, maybe. Do you imagine that? I'm sure there's a Star Wars name generator online. Oh, oh I guarantee okay. there's multiple ones. Yeah. This is almost on the level of there's a character in Attack of the Clones named Ellen Sleaze Bagano, <laughs> who is a drug dealer. Oh my sells God. death sticks. Sleaze Bagano. That's what? no effort whatsoever. I love the name. I love oh. the Shadows of the Empire protagonist, Dash Rendar. Dash Rendar, yeah. Favorite name. That's a great Dash. name. Dash. Dash. Dash Rendar. I think I, I got, I generated a Star Wars name once years ago to, for like a, a tabletop RPG or something. And uh, that's still my RPG character. Whenever I play games and have to create a new character, it's Dice and Darian. Dice. Dice with a Y. Yeah, so it's a good Star Wars name. Yeah. Um, uh, this, the game, I don't know, we don't have it up, but the cover art, I don't know if anybody remembers the cover art for the box of this, is terrible. I thought it was just like a... Like Anakin in his pod racing helmet, and then like a scene of Tatooine in the back. No, no, it's it's a black field with Watto, very large, and he's also in black. And then you just see tiny little pod racers down in front. What? So like it's, it's like, a rom- it's a like a romance novel type cover with like some kind of epic. It's almost, but it's like it's black on black, and also we're focusing on Watto. Really, that's the character <laughs> the kids are coming to play. Like, you can't wait to play this slave owner. Um, Yeah, so that's ridiculous to me. And one little thing that I really like that they did in this, when you're playing the tournament, well, really when you're playing any mode, uh, it's dead silent, like, the first two laps. uh, Except for the engine noises. Except for the engine noises. You get the engine noises, you get the shouting and everything like that. I appreciated that. But then when you get to the third lap, you get some uh, John Williams score, like, coming in. And it's just like that happens in the movie, too. It's, like, just silent racing noises and everything like that and crowd noises and then once it's starting to get intense in the third lap you get some music kicking in and you do get i think john williams score for this movie is actually really good oh definitely Um, john williams in general is so iconic when it comes to film score i mean he draws off of so many other like snippets and themes but at the same time you recognize john williams when you hear john williams oh absolutely so i i appreciated how they took some of his more iconic pieces Although it makes me sad they didn't have writers specifically for the game, just because like games. But that feels scoring. like a waste of money, really. This is meant well, to be kind of a cash in. That kind it was of released like the a, same week and everything. Well, yeah, and that explains the art. I think that yeah. was what I was gonna say about the artwork. Like, if you had two minutes of filming from the actual movie when you put this game together and you yeah. design the artwork. Your only knowledge is that there's this slave owner who's orchestrating the entire world within this. Well, you think you did? You know that Anakin is the main character. You think you would put Anakin on there? And Jake Lloyd oh, does. Uh, Jake Lloyd does point. reprise his voice in this. And uh, all right, one little tangent about Jake Lloyd. But uh, <laughs> he became uh, kind of a viral meme a couple years ago because now he's an adult and he's. Not doing great. Uh, he's because he's basically had to be yelled at by nerds for ruining this movie for his entire life. I never targeted. He's a little kid. He's not good, but you don't want to. He's a little kid. And most yeah. people in this movie aren't good. No, it's most not people. Like, it's stands not out his I think too. I think <laughs> Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor are the only ones who kind of come out of this unscathed. Uh, but even then, yeah. only barely. Uh, but a couple years ago, uh, Jake Lloyd was arrested for DUI. 
And so he became kind of a viral meme again, saying that he was podcast, he was uh, pod racing, <laughs> and yeah, it, it was kind of a shitty thing. But uh, basically, from what I hear about the guy, you you don't bring up Star Wars if you're around him. Don't ask him any questions about it. He's not. It, this I has not been a good experience that. for him. So yeah. show a little compassion towards Jake Lloyd. Everybody. Yeah, all you pe- all you listeners yes, out there have been harassing Jake Stop Lloyd. Stop it! <laughs> I, hey, hey, I know it's you. I know it's you. Do you, you guys have anything else to say about Star Wars Episode One Racer before we wrap this up? I thought we played it for the perfect amount of time. Yeah, I think an hour is uh, about right. With four people, an hour, yeah. We yeah. Just, just to say this again, this is not a four-player game. It no, it's a two-player player game. game max. It worked pretty um, well, though. and I think it's yeah, probably but... unplayable in fourth player. If it's barely playable yeah. in two-player. Oh my god! That's, and this is yeah. even with the expansion oh. pack in there. Like that's helping with the draw distance. And the uh, I think the Windows version had some extra cutscenes that didn't make it into yeah. this one, but uh, oh, I think um, I think we forgot to bring something up. I don't hmm. know if we were going to do. it. I always wondered why this game isn't oh, just called Pod you. Racer because yeah. that's what we all refer to it as. Yeah, um, I will never not refer to. Why it as does it Pod have Racer? such a horrible name of Star Wars Episode One Racer? Yeah, apparently, according to Wikipedia, there was another company that owned the trademark for video games with the name Pod in them. Oh, well. <laughs> My theory is that uh, you know Apple two years later would release their first iPod, oh. so that's what that's my theory that's, of what oh, that is. That's a much that's a sensible theory because Apple seems like a company that LucasArts would not want to go up against. Probably no. not. Um, and I mean, it's still obviously it's just still called Pod Racing in the movie and in the, but yeah, I, I I don't know if people would think, oh, I'm gonna buy one of those new Pod Racers so I can listen to music and then they buy this game instead. Marketed as like they kind of gave it a colloquialism of just pod racing like no originally yeah that was the title originally it was just star wars pod racer but i feel uh, like there was an advertisement campaign that used that or kind of like they sidestepped it by marketing it with that and it kind of stuck like the berenstein bears berenstein bears phenomenon the mandela effect yes the people refusing to admit their wrong effect oh (laughs) yes that's all that that is yes (laughs) very familiar with that one All right, let's uh, let's move on to our rankings. So for new listeners, every week we rank the games that we have been playing. We've got a list going. We're up to 39 games on this list so oh far. Really? This is going to be our 40th game uh, and our 25th yeah. episode, our 40th game. So there. we are, uh, we're growing. Let me, do- I'm double checking that to make sure it's actually 40. I'm pretty sure it is. That's so many. Yeah, we we cram a lot into them. So that's why I can't actually say, like, we're, we're 25 episodes in, but I can't actually say how many episodes there are going to be because we're combined a lot. It's going like, to be less than 300. Fair. Less than 300. Less, there are going to be fewer episodes than there are games. I appreciate the so, yeah, this, this will be. Part two, the three, the three-part chameleon twist episode. I'm sure. We're oh yeah, have. no, we gotta stretch that one yeah. out. Um, <laughs> let's oh, let's let's start easy. Let's start with Jessica because you only have one other game that you've played with us, and that's Pokemon Snap. Would you say this one is better or worse than Pokemon Snap? You know, I I feel like I'm gonna offend a lot of people, but Pokemon Snap is right in there in my heart, and I I'm gonna have to give Pod Racing a very very close second, just because I didn't have the skill at the time that I had these games to really maximize this game. I mean, even with two choices, it doesn't. I, I'm surprised it's that close. Well, it's very very <laughs> close. Yeah, I feel like we had a very nice, pleasant time playing Pokemon Snap. I still and want a much to less that of that game. playing this game. Yeah, yeah, I was okay to leave it be. We'll we'll go around the table here. What do what do you think? Um. Like I said, I, I find this game boring. Um, yeah. I think that it's um, 
it's it, I appreciate the amount of content that they put in, but I think the level design is bad. There's mm. too many parts where you just j- get jammed against one wall. There's this horrible segment in one yeah. of the levels that Jessica and Nicole were playing where one door closes and opens oh, on the other side. But doors. you're not going to be able to predict what side it's going to be open until you're really close. Or jammed up because inside it, yeah. You yeah. have to turn around, um, and yeah. then you're and going And it's really frustrating. And, and I just <laughs> generally don't... I don't like... Like you said, not that this game is realistic, but yeah. I don't like racing games where all you do is drive. Right. Like, I want some other weird thing going on, like crazy loops. This game doesn't really have those. This game doesn't have very many jumps yeah. or weapons. Or, like, yeah. F-Zero I appreciate because there's 30 racers at a time. So yeah, yeah. you're knocking people off and things like that. So I'm going to put this game under uh, under Fighter's Destiny. Okay. Um, which I think is definitely on my lesser lesser half that's kind of like your middle yeah middle that's, of the road. i feel like every game that we so play this, sort of this is your new around that number era. 21 game okay for the record no number 20 this is your new number 20 oh, game. right in the middle yeah Dang, i feel like this game would be okay to play in one player and sort of get into it like jessica was saying yeah. trying learning the levels and the skills but sure. it's just not interesting it was very to do generous that. to the person who only had that much money or like that budget for that game yeah. And then just, that's all they had available, or their parents didn't buy any other ones. Also, I feel like this game doesn't really capture the things that I care about for Star Wars. I'm yeah. not that big of a yeah. Star Wars fan, I but, like, I want but yeah, I want list, lasers, yeah. and I want, yeah. like, ships, and I want pew-pews. And like, I, want, I want mythology, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and this game, it could <laughs> really be, be set in any world. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't need to be Star Wars. But, yeah. Nicole, what do you got? You have a you have a fairly substantial list for for this show. Nicole's you running on a, a whole different standard than we are for the games that she's had to play. <laughs> you have <laughs> you have eight games on here. Most of them are shitty sports games that we made you play. I guess this is technically a sports game if racing is a sport and well, if pod yeah. racing is, is there a real a NASCAR thing. NASCAR and Nintendo yeah. game. There is. Yeah, we'll okay, get to that well, eventually. We've got that coming up. We've got I've I've split up all the generic racing games into like little circuits, so we're gonna be playing okay. like three game chunks of. I like of That's a good generic idea. racing games. Anyway, what All do you right. think, Cole? So, my number one is Mario Party right now, mm-hmm. and this one is going to be my number two. <gasps> yeah. You mean this is better than Milo's Astro Lanes? <laughs> I mean, it's more interesting. Yeah. Not that I hated Milo's Astro Lanes. You should, though. but <laughs> this has a lot more things you can do with it, whereas that's just you can bowl. It's bare 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 bones. <laughs> So it's my number two. Yeah. It's bare balls, Steve. Bare balls. I'm sorry. <laughs> Rawr. Leave my balls alone. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I wish you could see my face that's right the now. Subtitle. That it's a subtitle for the Nicolas Cage remake of uh, Wicker Man. Oh, okay. Anyway. Oh. Yeah. Anybody? Crickets? No. Um, for me, I'm putting this game as my number 18, which puts it right below Mace the Dark Age. Mace the Dark Age! Mace the Dark Age! Um, yeah, this one was kind of a come down for me. This was one of the handful of games I owned when I was a kid. Me and my sister played this a lot. Uh, but, like, playing it now, I'm kind of realizing, it's like, did I ever like this? Like, was this ever... <laughs> Like Extreme G is a better game. Extreme G is a better game, oh. and I never thought I'd say that. But like, it it plays better. It controls more smoothly. Well, um, between you and your sister, who customized more? Like, uh, probably Cassidy game. did. I think. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, but she because uh, I've I've never been all that into that element of games. Like, you know, Nicole's the type who can like go into Sims and just pl- build houses all day, and like that's that's yeah, totally fun. My sister's the same way. Well. Like she likes to build and she likes to customize and stuff like that. I just want to get to the guts of it, 
So um, <laughs> blow it up. I want to blow shit up and pew pew and everything like that. So, so yeah, this this fell a little short for me. Um, it's not a. T- I wouldn't say it's a terrible game. I would say this is kind of on the cusp of like the playable games for me. Uh, yep, I think we're um, exactly on the same page. You know, but it's it's not terrible. It's not. You're not wrong for liking it. You know, but it's. Uh, yeah, it's just it's kind of hasn't aged well, and it, it's yeah. it's kind of it belongs to a very specific moment in time. So, of a higher caliber than the movie upon which it's based. And it's yes, is, it is. is no, not I'll, true. I'll, many many games. I will one hundred percent say it, that. Yeah, it, that's its special Guinness World Record is the game that's better than the movie it's based upon. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you would have very few Chronicles of Riddick would be up there. Uh, yeah, a couple others, but and Goldeneye. Goldeneye. And, well. I like I, I like the movie a, a lot though. There's no way. There's no way system. that Goldeneye the movie is as good as I, Goldeneye the game. I like that movie a lot. It's my second Ooh. favorite Bond movie. Ooh, now I feel like I have yeah. to really watch it. Yeah, it's, have to fight it holds up. It's the only good Brosnan Bond. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, <laughs> thank you for uh, casting your votes in our listener poll. It's been great doing. Uh, we were 25 episodes in. I feel like we barely scratched the surface, but I'm excited. I'm energized. I've been very happy to uh, do the show with you goofballs every week, and oh, even though there's some alternate goofballs this week, but I, I, there are rotating rogues gallery of goofballs. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. Um, and thank you for writing in. And uh, next week, we are playing Fighting Force 64. Which is a thing that exists, and I don't know what it means. <laughs> it means you're a force. You're a force. And you fight. Like, what else do you need to know, Do you Steve? fight 64 people, like in you Kill Bill? you the force? No. Oh. You fight with, Fighting. with punches. I know this because I sold Steve by copy of this game. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. okay. So you played. You, you played. Yeah. I haven't played this. Yeah. So hopefully there's enough just to talk about this one game. So yeah. we'll, we'll pad no, it out. No, we'll have a wonderful time. time, I promise. Okay, I'm excited. I'm You'll excited. have a 64 full time. Yeah. 64, we'll get the 60 euphoria like I talked about last week. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you so much to Jessica Cardwright. Thank you for being here once again. My We're always pleasure. happy to have you. You're, Thanks you're, for letting me yell in your living room for a good hour. Anytime. And Nicole Vatisse, thank you for being here as always. The house that you live in. Always yes. so difficult to get here. Well, I appreciate you fighting through the traffic and, you know, you know leaving your kids at home and everything like that. So I appreciate all that. And Woody, thank you for being here as well, as always. It's always fun. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Why the fuck not? That would help us out. Do it. All right, guys. Uh, zoom, pew, pew, fighting noises, zooming <laughs> away. Wookie sound. Sing the jazz, the jazz ending. Oh, it's jizz. It's called jizz. Is it really called It's that? really called jizz. It's, uh, uh, God, what is his uh. name? The Modal Nodes. It's the Modal Nodes is the band from Star the first Star Wars, and they play music called jizz. And, uh, they hum it. They hum it in this Watto hums it in this. He was so, like... That's a good send on that. We're going to hang on that. Yeah. All right, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>